Welcome to Chucking a Siki. This week, I can't go to work because I have to go to space to try and find my real family. But then I got captured by some secret agency and now Kermit and Miss Piggy have formed a crew to come and save me. I'm your host, Harry, and each episode, we invite a very special guest and go through their perfect day off. From the excuse they used to get off work to the song that sets the tone for the day, their favorite meal, and of course, their adventurous afternoon. A real life Ferris Bueller's day off. We have a lot of exciting episodes coming up, from comedy superstars to bands, playwrights, actors, and hell, maybe even Peppy the Prawn. But this week, we have the geniusly gifted Geraldine Hickey. Geraldine is an Australian stand-up comedian who also is the star of the TV show Metrosexual. If you haven't watched it, (laughs) watch it. It's great. You may have seen Geraldine in her award-winning stand-up, listened to her on the radio, or maybe even seen her kill it on Have You Been Paying Attention. Geraldine is taking her show, Of Course We've Got Horses, to the Edinburgh Fringe this August. So make sure to buy your tickets. Links to her show are in the description below. As always, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Really means a lot to us. But for now, pull out that thermometer and get ready to call your boss because it's time for Chucking a Sickie. <coughs> Chuck a Sickie. Geraldine Nicky, we are so excited to have you on Chucking a Sickie. Yay, I'm happy to be here. Love Chucking a Sickie. <laughs> well, we have to start off in, in a bit of a bad situation. We've got to think about the worst job that you've ever had. So for you, what has been the worst job you've ever had to do? I think um, it was at a call centre, um, yeah. <laughs> just because they are the worst jobs. Oh, some people would disagree. Oh, I think I think a lot of people would agree with that. It's not yeah, so, so fun. I, I um, just was, I think, too empathetic. And so <laughs> yeah. I could never get through, like, the idea of, yeah. I, there was one that I was working for where I was – um, convincing people to um, change energy companies and it was like oh this one's you know green energy and all you have to do and it was like I just kept on putting myself in their position and they're like what who no, oh I can't no nah, I don't have time yeah. for this I can't be bothered this paper and I'll go yeah you're right I'm no nah, no worries <laughs> and I'd work yeah. out um how like obviously a call a call would come, you'd just be sitting there and a call would come through um, and I would, and you'd have like options, like there'd be no answer or um, answering machine or whatever. And I'd let them go, hello. And then I click hang up and go answering machine. <laughs> just so <laughs> I didn't have to talk to people. And they're like, you're getting a lot of answering machines. And I'm like, oh no, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? So how how long did you last in that job for? Not not long at all. Do you know what I, <laughs> I was gonna the, say. The things I did a few different ones and I found I really loved the training. Like sometimes there would be like, you know, you do a week of training, but you get paid for that. And so yeah. I, was, I just want to do all the training. And then once we <laughs> back to phones, back. I was like, Oh man. I'd last maybe a week on the phones and then I'd be out. A week of training, which you loved, and then a week of, as soon as you got on the phones, it was all over Red Rover. Yeah, pretty much. I'd do yeah. whatever I could to, and they'd make it sound so exciting. Like, it you go, oh, we've got a, we've got table tennis, and it's really fun to work here, and we've got, you know, mini golf and, and, and stuff, and, but I'm like, and then we go out for drinks on Friday night, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, but you're still, 
have to I just couldn't handle I would cry on the like I'd just get so overwhelmed by it all and I just mm. hated it anyway yeah I feel like it's the type of job as well where you end up having like a nice conversation with the person and at the end you're just like actually I don't want to sell you anything I've just enjoyed our chat yeah. please right. I will leave you alone now yeah but occasionally I'd get someone they'd be like oh my god I've been wanting to do this and I'd be like oh great let's I think yeah. the first the first sale I ever got was um, it was set up by my manager whose dad he wanted to get make his dad change change over. Yeah, so very sly. He made it. So I got on with his dad, and we just went through it step by step. And I think yeah. I still cried by the end of that because it was just like yeah. oh, I did this so much. <laughs> Wasn't the job for you? I remember Aiden, no. Aiden Jones came on the show and he told us a story about how he did kind of like door-to-door knocking, similar style. And at the oh. end of it, he just had like a really nice beer with someone. And that, and then he, he got fired, but he yeah. really enjoyed, like that was the best part, just like chatting to people and not having to sell them anything. Oh, imagine Aiden has had his fair share of really shitty jobs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he definitely had. But I've got to say though, one of the jobs that I've heard that you really did enjoy was working in a cinema, which you thought you'd do for the rest of your life and then yes. find a husband as well. Yes, that was my dream. Yeah. That was like one of the um, first, like, uh, like after high school, I, I tried, uni didn't work out and I, I'd moved back home and, yeah, I just got this job at the local cinema and, oh, man, it was a dream job. It was so yeah. good. It was just, you know, um, good people to work with, free movies, Yes. Um, and I, you know, so we, I'd make ice creams, um, and just, you know, I just really loved it. And yeah, I just loved, there was, there was two women that worked there, um, that had been there for like 20 plus years that were just, it was just their part-time job. And they were, you know, both mums and one of them, her husband was one of the projectionists. So it was like oh, yeah. family Mom's story. Yeah, and so they'd just been there. I was like, I can see myself doing this. for Like, I just wanted to be them. That was my <laughs> career goal, just coming in, working like 20 hours a week at a cinema and just knowing everything and just really loving it. Um, and, yeah, so I just wanted to be like that. And I just thought, oh, yeah, we go out on the weekends. This is in Albury. Um, yeah. So I was just like, yeah, we'll just, I'll, I'll meet some someone at the pub. And yeah. um, we'll date for a bit. We'll get married. It'll be they might work as a projectionist. Yeah. It'll be great. That'll be my life. I, you know, I love it. Um, but you know, worked out that I was actually, you know, a lesbian, and um, finding a husband wasn't wasn't you know the best thing. And also, it was my mum that was like, "You can't work. What are you going to do? You can't work at the cinema for the rest of your life." And I was like. <laughs> She goes, no, come on, what are you going to do? And then I was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to be a comedian. Um, and that's when I entered raw comedy. So, yeah. so I, was on the, I was on the computer at the time. And like, what do you mean you're going to do? Come on, I'm like, I've entered a competition. And I was entering <laughs> yeah. it at that time. And I'm like, see, I've got to go to Melbourne and do, yeah. this, do this comp. So that was what, you make it. over 20 years ago now. So, Yeah. It ended up being a bit of a different life to uh, the cinema job, but it seems like a life that's gone pretty well. Obviously, you've won quite a few awards with your comedy as well, and this year you're heading to the Edinburgh Fringe to do um, We've Got Horses. Yeah. Um, 
what is what is the show all about? So the show is like each year I do I try to I just look at the things that have been happening in my life and I um, write about that and I concentrate on the good things that are happening. Um, a few years ago, I, I did a show called Things Are Going Well um, because I wanted to, yeah, challenge myself. Because previously the shows had always been, I'd look at, oh, what's the tragedy in my life and how do I make mm. that funny? Um, and so instead of doing that, I went, because also there was, there wasn't really a tragedy. A few years ago, I was like, <laughs> yeah. things are going well. Like, what am I yeah. going to write a show about? So, um, so I just, yeah, wrote a show about how, yeah, things were going well. And I, yeah, I just wanted the challenge of, um, yeah, concentrating on the good things, which, you know, because they say comedy is tragedy plus timing. And I'm like, mm. yeah, what, what about just, just good stuff? <laughs> Happiness. Happiness <laughs> and, and timing. Yeah. So, um, and so this, this year's show is kind of, yeah, I, I got married last year. So a lot of it is about is about getting married and the whole wedding and um yeah it's a bit about hobbies um I uh got into bird watching and bird photography in the last few years yeah I've I've heard this I I was actually pretty excited to speak about it because I had an inkling it might form part of your adventurous afternoon oh Um, yeah yeah Yeah. we we Um, will get to bird watching yeah and and my wife uh she got into carriage driving um, which is, yeah. Okay, yeah, with 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 horses. Out. Yeah, with horses. Um, so yeah, so it's just talking about yeah our hobbies and our and our wedding and um, yeah, just just that yeah. really. She she proposed to you on air as well. I've I've yeah, been told, which would have been really awkward if you had said if you had said no. But exactly. it, it seemed, exactly. it seemed to have gone do, quite well. You do not do public proposals. However, yeah. she uh she knew that I would say yes because, you know, we'd um we'd talked about getting married. and also because I had this ongoing joke with her that every time we went somewhere, um just like on a holiday or just be somewhere special or whatever, I go, let's get a photo. And then um, I'd go to take a sip, but I'd have it on video. And then mm. I'd go, here we are at the Sydney Opera House and um, I've just asked Kat to marry me and she said yes. And I did that for about <laughs> five years. So we were chatting yeah. one day Decent. and I said, um, yeah, made a really great montage. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, one day I, she was like, yeah, if we ever get – like I'm, I'll, I'll be the one to ask you to get married. And I'm like – no, what? I, why? And she goes, because if you ever ask me, I won't take you seriously. And I was like, actually, yes. that is a, a very True. good point. So, and I had an mm. inkling that she would do it, that she would ask me that weekend. It was the weekend of my 40th birthday and I'd asked her to organise me a surprise 40, <laughs> just so I didn't have to organise it. <laughs> yeah, um, not much of a surprise though if you ask someone to do it. You would be surprised at how many... <laughs> how much of a surprise it is because if you just hand over the everything it's like you don't mm. know who's coming you don't know what's yeah, happening true. yeah yeah it could happen at any moment it did my head in I had to <laughs> like she'd planned this whole weekend and I had to grab her one up like at, at one stage and just go you have to tell me everything <laughs> yeah. you have to tell yeah. me what's happening <laughs> like I can't because my mind 
it's like I'm up here, like yeah. I'm expecting things up here, but you're only delivering like middle <laughs> to what I'm expecting and I'm getting yeah. disappointed and I shouldn't be. So you've got to bring me back down. So yeah, um, I feel like maybe surprise parties aren't for you. Like, I feel like there's some people that love them and I feel like if you need to know every detail, maybe they're just not in your best interest. Maybe, but um, just one surprise, it's fine. Like, it's yeah. it's the walking in, surprise, oh my goodness, yeah. amazing. love that, love that. But if it's one surprise after another, yeah. like if it <laughs> continues, lot. which is what it did, then it's like, this is too much. Mm, yeah, one is good. One big one goes out with a bang, not, hey, I'm going to propose to you on air and then we have a whole weekend full of surprises. Yes, yes, that. No, too yeah. much. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I did not expect her to do it um, on air because we, yeah. we had, you know, we love people, you know, you love a public proposal because it's like, well, mm. what are you doing? And, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's it's kind of cringy and stuff, but beautiful mm. and amazing. And and I was just like, oh, that's great. But that, that's not for us. It's not for no, us. That, but yeah. turns out it is. <laughs> I kind of always love it when you watch the proposal and someone says no when it's public. Because yeah. that, I mean, that's terrible for the person. But for everyone watching, that is, oh, that's the highlight of the it. year. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So I've got to ask though, how did your partner get into carriage driving? Like, I feel like that's not a very common thing that people do nowadays. It's not at all. Um, She just uh, joined, found a club on Facebook and joined. No, (laughs) well, she's very much, she's always a horse person. um, Mm. And her, she had a horse that um, it, it had cut its leg on a fence. So it was a bit, and that was like early, like um, early pandemic days. Um, so I had to kind of do a lot of daily care for it. And basically had, she had to be retired from being ridden. Um, yeah. And she had another horse. Um, but it was just something that she kind of had wanted to try and give it a go. Because it's just, it's easier on, on the bum. Like instead of sitting yeah. on a horse all day. Yeah. You know, you just you just sit on a nice padded seat, and it's um, yeah, it's a bit different and a bit fun. So yeah, she found mm. this carriage driving club on Facebook, and then you can find anything on there. Honestly, I know, right? <laughs> and then she just went and um, so but they go out once a month, um, mm. and it's she said, you know, they go camping. They just go in the bush somewhere, camp overnight, and then she said it's like full driving. But with a horse and a carriage. <laughs> but with a horse. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it sounds they like a, yeah, an interesting the, and sport. And they go so fast. Oh, my gosh. They mm. go so fast. And, you know, I've I've been a passenger a couple of times and it's terrifying being a passenger. Yeah, said, yeah, it, sure. yeah she said it's, it's more scary because, like, you have no control. Like, she's got control yeah. of the horse. She can steer it. I'm just seeing all the potholes. In yeah, the road and the branches <laughs> and stuff. And I'm like, how are we avoiding all of these? And we yeah. do somehow, but it's, it's real. Terrifying. It's white knuckle kind of behavior. It's amazing. How fast do they go? Because obviously you see them, like if you go to New York, right, there's the horse and carriage around Central Park, which is going maybe like two kilometers an hour. How mm. fast are we talking here? They can get up to like 40K an hour. And oh, this geez. is like through the bush, you know. Yeah. This is... <laughs> it's the recipe like, for disaster. Yeah. 
And then, and like, it's on the, like, they go on these dirt tracks, and obviously there's big embankments. And mm. horses, you know, they like to run in a pack. So they'll try and overtake each other <laughs> Next as well. Other, but yeah. it's just like, you've got a, you've got wheels on the back, and you just end up, you know, going down in embankments and stuff. And I just, it's amazing oh. that they don't tip over all the time, but it's just, yeah. I don't know how I don't know how they do it. It's incredible. It's amazing. Bird watching sounds a lot more of a relaxing type of yes. hobby, I think, than carriage riding. You're sitting there, you've got your binoculars, it's very relaxing, trying to catch them all like like Pokemon, which I think yes. is how you once described it. I feel like that is a lot better of an activity. How did you get into bird watching? Uh yeah, because it was I was doing radio um and we'd on Triple R in in Melbourne and once a month we'd have on uh Birdman or Sean Dooley, but we called him Birdman. Yeah. Uh and he'd even before I started, he had a regular segment on the show and he's a regular on ABC. He's um works at Birdlife magazine. Um and yeah, he's great. So it was just like he was, you know, coming in once a month and I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, tell me a few things. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool, mm, yeah. Mm. And then it was during, um, yeah, one of the, it, during one of the Melbourne lockdowns, it, it's when they bought in the 5K zone. Oh, where yeah, the radius. Leave your 5K zone. And he went, here's something you can do. Just see how many different bird species you can find in your 5K yeah. zone. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I did, and I, I don't know, I found 10 or something. And I was like, oh, that's pretty, <laughs> yeah. pretty good. And he he would find like 21 within the first 10 minutes. Oh, and I was like, I want to oh, I want to do that. I want to yeah, do that. Yeah. And I was living <laughs> next door to like this um, reserve, like a national park kind of thing um so i'll just go out into the reserve most days to and because i'm and and i got into bird photography because um well i had a camera but also um it was just easier to i'm not good at taking in all the details at once (laughs) so if i took a photo then i would be able to look at it and then look it up in the book and compare yeah that's definitely a you know whatever so yeah. instead of just being like that is a bird that is probably orange might have a beak yeah that's a that's a black bird yeah. that's a what that's a yeah. minor so yeah so yeah and now but now i don't even know how many different it's funny every time i go to count how many different birds i've seen i just get bored and go and do something yeah. else. i should document i should make a proper document yeah, that would be great, actually. Just see how many different ones I've I've got, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it sounds like a great, great hobby. One more thing I wanted to ask you, though, is that I know that as a kid, you wanted to be an actor when you were older mm-hmm. um, so that you could get a Rolls Royce and you spoke to your mum about it. And yeah. It seemed like a good time. You have done acting as an adult now, obviously, Metrosexual. Uh, you had a couple of seasons with that show. How was that transition for you from doing stand-up to doing, I guess, what you wanted to do as a kid, which is which is acting? Uh, yeah, I, I, I love it. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, it just, I just wanted to perform, I guess. And Mm. I said acting because that's what I knew. Um, and so comedy came along, um, just, yeah, it was, I think it's something that I probably always wanted to do, but just didn't know 
that it was that it existed kind of thing yeah. you know yeah so yeah definitely. and when I you know wanted to act it was like I'd always imagined comedic roles anyway mm. so um you know I loved I would have loved to have been on like Full Frontal or, or Full House yeah. or The Late Show, um, yeah. you know, all those kind of classic early 90s kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so – and so the acting is like, yeah, it's it's fun, but I, I know that I'm a better comedian than I am an actor. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Metrosexual was pretty great. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, but I, I know maybe if I had have put all my time and energy into into acting, then you know it might be different. I've put a lot of time and effort into doing stand up, so that's why I'm better yeah. at it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I, I read an interview where you were speaking about with stand up, where all your friends were having great success, um, and you were like, "Oh, they they deserve it because they've been putting a lot of effort in. If I yeah. put a lot of effort in, that'll happen to me. Yeah. And clearly yeah, you, flick the, you flick the switch and suddenly, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're everywhere winning awards, doing everything. I know. I, j- I changed from, yeah, I just treated it like a like a job. I went, mm. it was kind of this, when I was trying to decide whether I was going to do the comedy festival, do another show for the comedy festival. And then, it, yeah, I just went, oh, yeah, I'll, that's my job. I'll I'll write a show like this is how I can I mean it helps when you do start making money so you know before that it was just like why am I doing this I'm you know I'd make if I did the comedy festival after you know all the things that you have to pay for um I'd end up with you know if I was lucky like a hundred dollars for a month's (laughs) work so it's like why are you doing this but then I'd yeah started to make money and was like Oh yeah, I'll keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, this is good. Yeah, it's worked. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I think once you start making money and can support yourself, you realize actually all that hard work has actually paid yeah. off pretty nicely. Yeah, exactly. Just a twenty-year apprenticeship. That's all. all <laughs> yeah, yeah. What it seems like. <laughs> We've got to go back to your worst worst job, though. Unfortunately, because okay. we're we're trying to get you the perfect day. Hopefully, we can get some bird watching in as well. Now mm-hmm. you've got to get out of work. So, what excuse would you use to get out of work for the day? This is one that I've used before, and I'm comfortable with using it. And it's um, I'm not sick, but somebody else is. Oh, so care up. Yeah, it's a, a and I would. I've used it before. It was like a you know, it's a mental health issue it's like I'm so sorry my friends called they they are not doing well I need to I need to go and be with them and it's perfect because um well back in the day when I did use it it would be with a boss that would never want to talk about any of that kind of stuff (laughs) Yeah, so, very closed off, superior. Yeah, no questions, it, but also, mm. you know, they'd know that, it, you know, um, self-harm and mental health is bad, but they didn't want to, <laughs> yeah. like, I'd allude to that's what it was. Mm. And like, oh, my gosh, yeah, no, that's that's fine. Like, how could they yeah. live with themselves if they made me come to <laughs> work in no. my friend? So, your, friend your friend's hour of need. Yeah, so I'd go, yeah, my friend. And then, so then I could easily come to work the next day 
Mm. And I wouldn't have to yeah, look sick or look like I'm recovering or being like I could just be myself. Yeah, the next that's, day. that's a really good way around it. Because if you, yeah. you know, have any stomach issues or if you have your own mental health episode, it, it's not something that normally lasts for like 12 hours and then suddenly like, yeah, everything is exactly. fine. <laughs> and then if you get caught anywhere going somewhere fun, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, because my mate <laughs> needed it. I was showing them yeah. a good time. So just being a good friend. Yeah, that's my hot tip. Someone else is not doing well and you've got to go and yeah. be with them. I don't think we've ever had that before. Someone really? else is sick. Yeah, this is a great ex- I think I'm gonna use it next time. If I if I want to get off work, this is great. Chukasiki. <laughs> Okay, so you've gotten out of work for today and it's not it's not a big night. As Baraka says, it's not a big night, it's a big day. What would be your Baraka performance pump-up song to start off the day just right? Oh, um, I think a classic is uh, Brick House by the Commodores. Okay. Do you know I don't it? think I've heard that song, no. You know a bit of it because I'm pretty sure that was what um, What's-His-Face stole for that um that naughty song. Oh, that doesn't help at all. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> there was that that so, the guy, and he did this song with Pharrell Williams, and then they got sued. I'm pretty sure it was, it was Robin Thicke. It was yes. it was that really gross song that he yeah. did that was a lot about not consenting to things. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, the okay. original, like the the good bits of it, the music bits mm. of it is from Brick House by the Commodores. And yeah, it's okay. also a, a song that's, um, it's the opening track in the movie Muppets from Space. <laughs> what a great film. Yeah, yeah. So it's just a, yeah. it's a fun little, you know, old school R&B kind of yeah, track. Upbeat. That, yeah, upbeat. Are you a big Commodores fan? Uh, oh. No, I, I would say just a big fan of, of this song. Of this song, um, yeah. I've, I feel sure, like that's yeah. a common theme that we've seen, which is everyone likes just like the one song from the artist. It's like yeah. this is just the song that fits the moment properly. Everything else about the band, no idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I'm like that with most songs and, and mm. things. Like, oh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah, just one up. Muppets from Space as well is a bit of a blast from the past. Who's your go-to Muppet? Oh, <laughs> so it's a big question. It's we we dive deep in this podcast. We don't leave any rock unturned. <sighs> My go-to, oh, I mean, you can't go wrong with Kermit, but mm. then you know, there's Peppy, the the King Prawn from you know <laughs> Maddie's debut, Muppets from Space. Yeah, um, <laughs> Gonzo's great. Um, yeah, Gonzo's a classic. I'm a big animal fan. Uh, oh, he, yeah. He's nuts. Uh, his drumming is pretty great. Oh, man. Miss Piggy, obviously. There's just too many mm. to choose from in the yeah, Muppets. Too There's many. not one that reigns true. Yeah. <laughs> now you're feeling a bit peckish. So you need to go in your local area for your perfect meal. Where would you go to eat your lunch or brunch? meal um i'll probably go down to um one of our local cafes um in melbourne terra twilight um and they have uh depending what i how hungry i am and 
what I want to do for the rest of the day. But there's two options. They have the most insane ham and cheese toasty. Okay. That um, if you're hungover, it's great. But I don't <laughs> yeah. drink anymore, so I'm struggling to find a reason why I would. <laughs> need yeah, that. there are there are certain foods that only taste good when you're hungover, and then the rest yeah. of the time they're fine, but they're not that level of excitement. Just yeah, it's quite intense. There's a lot of ham. There's a lot of cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Ham. There's some other type of meat as well. And like this, and the mustard and pickles and yeah, yeah it's and perfect so much butter. It's yeah, <laughs> oh, it's insane. I reckon they use like three different types of cheeses and stuff in it as well. Like <laughs> yeah, four different types of meat, three different types of cheese. It's pickles so from good. Poland. Yeah, it's amazing. Okay, but so I would probably, that's the hungover choice. That's the hungover choice, but I don't drink mm. anymore. So the other option they do. Uh, bowls where you just pick you know you can have brown rice i would go brown rice and some poached chicken and like this um corn salsa halloumi and some seasonal greens and then you get like a a sauce i'd get a mustard sauce and then you just put it in a bowl and you mix it all up and you and you eat it Perfect. That sounds great. You know, you're not the first person to pick Terra Twilight, actually. Um, Nicolette Minster also loved it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was her that that loved the bowls from there. Um, Yeah. That's very Nicolette Minster. That's that's very on brand for her. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, it sounds, you can't go wrong with a bowl. I know they're the latest craze, but I just feel like every single bowl I've ever gotten, fantastic. Yeah. It's just there. And you just, I'm into it. Yeah, so that's the non-hangover choice. Today, yeah. obviously, you're not hungover. It's your perfect day. There's yeah. no hangover involved. No. So it's just the bowl. Is the this bowl. the type of place that you would like? You're a regular at, or is it for special occasions only? Um, uh, I guess I'm a, a bit of a regular, but um, only when I'm in Melbourne because I don't <laughs> live in Melbourne mm. all the time. So yeah. Um, <laughs> Kind of all around the world at the moment. Yeah, a little bit. Like at the, at the moment, I'm I'm in in Maui, um, yeah. so yeah. So and I don't know where my favourite place here is yet. I just <laughs> it's my kitchen. Yeah. It's in toast and jam. <laughs> oh, which sounds great as well. I, it is a shame that you don't drink anymore because Maui, obviously, the home of of Maui. Well, different type of Moe. And do you know, because oh. this Moe is spelt M-O-E, yeah. spelt like Mo. Oh, okay. And and I think at one stage, many, I heard the other day, many years ago, the people tried to, I don't know who, maybe the council or just local residents tried to make a pitch to change the spelling to M-O-E-T. <laughs> yeah, and the yeah. champagne people were like, Absolutely not. And so I think they were trying to get them on board and go, yeah, you know, mm. you know, name your town after us. You know, we'll name our town <laughs> yeah. after you. And they were like, we, we want nothing to do with you. No, that that makes sense. I feel like yeah. that Moe is very uh, particular about yeah. where Moe comes from. But I think, I don't know how, it must have been, I only found out about that recently and I don't, don't even know whether it's true. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. my experience of, um, of Moe is it's just a nice little you know, rural town and mm. yeah, I, I kind of, I, I like it, but you know, 
it's just where my home is at the moment. So yeah, yeah. But it's got a really good um, so botanical gardens here, and um, it's got good good bird life. So um, yeah, of course, which is perfect for you. Yeah. They don't need the champagne there. They've got good birds. That's all really exactly. you need. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you could go anywhere in the world for your perfect meal, so, you know, it doesn't matter where it is, could be anywhere, where would you go for your perfect meal? I'd go back to, um, oh, yeah, I'll start with a place where I know was really good. And I'd like to go back to to see if it was, if it was just in my head. Good. Yeah, got, got to verify it. Yeah, um, but I, I don't know if I'd ever find it again. But I there was I went to a Chinese restaurant in Italy, and it was <laughs> okay, incredible. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Because I was just there, and you know, it's with a group of people, and we were like trying to find somewhere for dinner, and it was like this, and it was like one of our first nights in Italy, and we're like, oh, we should get some proper. I'm like. But there's this China. I'm like, let's go here, and they're like, Chinese were in Italy, and I'm like, in Italy, how cool is that? <laughs> they have Chinese in Italy, yeah, um, and it was so good. It was yeah, really delicious food, and then we did, you know, we did end up going to like a Italian restaurant, um, and it wasn't what you know you'd imagine i one one yeah. of us went to the bathroom and as they went to the, they walked past the kitchen as they were peeling off the the sarah lee lasagna oh, thing no. and it in the microwave and it's like this is we could have just done this at home this is shit should, should have stuck with chinese food in italy now you yeah. know yeah I feel like there's always a danger though with those type of places like where you go to once and you have this memory of it just being the best thing ever. And I think sometimes it's better not to have it again because you destroy yeah. the sanctity of it. It's better just yeah. to have that illusion. Yeah. I had that with an with an ice cream place in Venice, the best gelato I've ever had in my entire life. And don't know where it is, could never go back there, but it's kind of perfect that way because now I don't yes. think, oh, well, there's a chance that I could go back. It's like, no, this was the best thing ever and that's it, like Chinese yeah. food in Italy. Yeah. I'd go back to Vietnam and eat any food there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the street food there is oh oh, just so good. Just all of it. What a perfect yeah. thing. I love it. <laughs> Vietnam's a great choice as well. So, I mean, very contrasting Chinese food in Italy and then Vietnamese food in yeah, Vietnam. Yeah. At least you've gone with one specialty food for the, the, the country. Yeah. Yes. Love Asians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you know, you've had your big lunch uh, from Terra Twilight. Now, in the afternoon, like Ferris Bueller, you've got to have an afternoon activity. So, what would you do for your perfect afternoon activity? It can be with anyone doing anything. I thought about this and um, things that I like to do, um, yeah, like going bird watching or um, obviously that would include some type of hike. Um, mm. So a nice big long walk. And I, I think I have to do it on my own. Um, yeah, okay. Just because like I've, I've gone, I've done, you know, hiking or bird you know where I'd combine bird watching with my hiking and I went with my wife a few weeks ago and it's she's, <laughs> it's not the same. she's not like I <laughs> would 
spend like I would like to if I hear birds I'm like oh I'm hanging out here for the next 20 minutes or so <laughs> yeah. until I get this yeah. photo and I find that whenever I'm with somebody else they're they're only patient to a certain point like but I'm <laughs> yeah. they'll just be standing there going <laughs> okay yeah it's like and I'm like we move oh on? go you know so, yeah. so I guess, yeah. um I'd I'd think of um, some cool bird watcher to go to go with. Mm. Would you go with Birdman, or is he he's too much of a show off with his twenty one birds in ten minutes? No, Birdman would be really good. He'd be able to. He yeah, it'd be good to have someone to to be a spotter for me, and he'd be perfect yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah. someone that because um, I'm still trying to learn the um, the calls. So that's my, right. and he's, you know, like, you know, you, I wish there was an app where you could. Like Spotify, but for birds. Yeah, but it's not Spotify. Is it? It's the, when it recognizes the song. Yeah. Oh, not Spotify, Shazam. Shazam for birds. I did <laughs> yeah. ask Birdman about this once and he yeah. went, there's no way that they can do it because there's so many different calls. Like the oh, humans can't. Can, too much like, variety. Could, yeah, make that work. But if. If we could get this happening, I think we could be multimillionaires with this uh, Shazam Absolutely. for bird calls. Absolutely, but it's yeah, it's it wouldn't it wouldn't work. But you know, but you can still yeah, he would know. I'm getting yeah. better at like knowing certain certain ones, and I just want to know: is there one that I have that I haven't heard before? Yeah, you're no. trying to get all the new ones, capture them with the right Pokeball. Yeah, so. Yeah, I'd go. I'd go out bird. Yeah, bird watching with yeah, someone like Birdman or maybe some other um, famous bird watcher. Yeah, is it like famous for other reasons? Um, <laughs> they're there for your benefit more than anything else. Yeah, they're like you're just here to tell me where the birds are so that I can enjoy myself. Yeah, but also you know it'll be oh, someone. Yeah, where you'd have like a you know, a cool time. Um, like I'm trying to think, like Margaret Atwood is a, um, yeah, is a bird watcher who wrote um, that female dystopian show that everyone watched. Oh, man, I'm so bad at this. Um, oh, no. Um, is it Handsmaid's Tale? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you'd get um, Margaret Atwood to come with you. Someone like that or, yeah. you know, someone where you don't, where you're not talking about birds the whole time. Um, you can talk about something, you know, you've got the common interest with the birds and then I can yeah. talk about with them with, um, uh, you know, other things. I had no idea that Margaret Atwood was into bird watching as well. That seems like the perfect yeah. person to, to, to go with. I know, it's pretty cool. But there's also um, Bill Bailey. Is, <laughs> He's is also a big bird, bird watcher. watcher. Oh, you've yeah. got quite a crew assembling. Bill Bailey, Margaret Atwood, Birdman. So, yeah, maybe someone like... Bill Bailey would be a good one. Mm. Um, Paul McCartney. Oh, wow. One. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Alex Horn from Taskmaster. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. But you can't have too many in your crew, I feel, for bird watching. It's no, got to be like to one or one. two people. Yeah, okay. I mean, just it's one. a really, it's a big list. Who would you be picking out of that list? I think, I think I'll go um, Bill Bailey. Okay, great choice. Yeah. Have you ever met Bill Bailey? I did a phone interview with him once. Oh, that's awesome on Triple R. Yeah. How yeah. was that? Did you speak about birds? 
No, I didn't know at the time. Yeah, oh, yeah before yeah. your bird days, of course. Yeah, pre pre bird days, and <laughs> I think we were, had to talk about other things, so we probably didn't get time to <laughs> delve in, yeah. delve into the birds. But um, next time you can really go into it in depth. Yeah. So I do a bit. Of, okay. So here's my. I'm planning it out now. So I do mm. like a bit of bird watching. Yeah, with Bill Bailey, and then I might end up. I'll, I'll do this up in um, in the Northern Territory. Good good birds there. Yeah, heaps of variety. And then I'd meet up with um, the director, Greg McLean. You know the guy that did um, Wolf Creek. Yeah, yeah. And so the second movie he made is one of my favourite movies, Rogue. Okay, what's what's that about? About a, a crocodile. <laughs> yeah, and great. I did meet Greg. We did an interview with him, and I got to ask him about <laughs> yeah, Rogue. About Rogue. Yeah. Um, and I discovered that because I love crocodiles as well, like you know, birds yeah. and crocodiles. And so, and he said that that was the movie that he'd always wanted to make. And so he did oh, Wolf awesome. Creek, and that meant that he could make Rogue. <laughs> yeah. Which is yeah. you know about a giant crocodile. Um, and it's, it's so scary and it's so good and it's, yeah. So I'd go like on a, on a jumping crocodile cruise (laughs) with, with Greg and we'd talk about crocodiles. Have you ever been on the jumping crocodile cruise before? Yeah. They're they're great, right? And I can't believe how many are in that bloody river, the Adelaide river in the NT. Oh, terrifying. It's incredible. Yeah. I love it. It yeah. is funny. I feel like every single I've been on it a couple times now. Um, the the jumping cruise, and every time they tell the same story about these people that swam across the river, and one guy made it, and and the other two didn't. And I was like, I can't believe one person made it through because yeah. that the amount of crocs in that river is terrifying. Just and did terrifying. you see just recently there was that swimming hole up near Darwin, um, yeah. where they. Yeah, they had to. A guy did get attacked by like a two, it was like two or three meters. This croc, yeah. um, but I think he's fine. But there was like this. It's on ABC Darwin. They had like footage of like people, you know, get out, get out. You've got to get out of the water because. And then they yeah. zoomed, and there's a croc up the back of oh, this God. wall. And then you, then they panned around, and there's just like. 50 people there waiting to go through, like all in their swimmers and they've got their yeah. noodles and stuff and it's just oh like god. oh my god it's absolute disaster wild. yeah crocs definitely have to be one of the scariest animals on planet earth because oh, whether you're in the water or in land like they can just take you on they're so fast yeah yeah crocodiles and um and orcas they're my yeah they're yeah my orcas are really getting a, a bad rap at the moment they seem to just be attacking everything and anything well just yeah boats and stuff but here's yeah. the, the wild thing about orcas is um they've never uh killed a human in the wild yeah never happened but they could yeah oh easily so, and I'm that's surprised the terrifying that they have thing it's like they're choosing not to and it's like <laughs> Just yeah. a matter of time, maybe. They could take well. over. When you know, they decide to sharks, unite. It's just like sharks are just doing their thing. They're just like, what What are yeah. you? like? They're not thinking. Yeah. Orcas <laughs> yeah. are. <coughs> Chukasiki.
Let me recap to you your perfect day off and you can tell me how it sounds to you. So you start off your day in the worst job that you've ever had at a call center. You're crying. It's terrible. But <laughs> thankfully, one of your friends is going through a bit of a, a mental health crisis. Not thankfully, but thankfully for you because you can get out of work for the day. No questions asked. The song to pump you up the day, you have the Commodores, Brick House. Uh, it feels as though you're in Muppets from Space. You know, it's exciting. It's energetic. It's great. And then you go to Terror Twilight. You might see Nicolette Minster there. Who knows? Yeah, and you're not hung over. Yeah. yeah, she's there. She's getting a bowl as well. You're getting a brown rice bowl with poached chicken, some halloumi, corn salsa, some uh, greens, mustard sauce, a really beautiful big bowl. Um, you look at the ham and cheese and you remember those uh, glory days of where you were hungover eating it, but that's not for you for today. And then in the afternoon, you're going to do two pretty big activities in the Northern Territory. You're going to go bird watching and do a bit of a hike, but you've got Bill ba Bailey there who's pretty obsessed. So he's going to come along with you. And then after that, you're going to go with the director of Wolf Creek and Rogue, Greg McLean, and do some croc jumping river cruise and just chat about crocs for the entire afternoon. How yeah. does that sound for your perfect day off? It sounds pretty perfect. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. It sounds really good. Definitely the most amount of nature-based animal activities that we've had, which is, yeah. I love that. Bird watching and croc jumping is, what a combo. Yeah, big yeah, two 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 of my biggest favorite favorite things. Awesome. Yeah, 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 that's great. Look, Geraldine, we are so excited to see you in Edinburgh. Of course, we've got horses. We'll be there for a whole month. I uh, can't wait to see you there. Thank you so much for coming on Chucking a Siki. Oh, thanks for having me. <coughs> Chuck a Siki. Well, there you have it. The perfect day off for Geraldine Hickey. Carriage riding, bird watching, and Crocs. I don't think it gets any more Australian or better. Uh, also, Terror Twilight makes another huge appearance on a perfect day off. Make sure to grab your tickets to see Geraldine Hickey. Of course, we've got horses at the Edinburgh Fridge. That is happening right now in August. Link to tickets are in the description below. We are very, very excited that Geraldine was on the show. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and follow us on the socials, Chucking a Sickie Podcast, and join us next week for another perfect day off on Chucking a Sickie.